Forget Fashion Week. What do you know about the royal family of Aldovia? The king died last year, and the prince who's supposed to take over is a total flake. And scandalous socialite. Why me? You're talented, hungry, smart. And none of my regular writers can go this week. This assignment could jumpstart your career. Wow. I'm actually inside the palace. This is better than an exclusive. Get lots of video, audio, whatever you can grab. <gasps> Hi. Ready? Hang on! <laughs> Get you. <gasps> you seem rather fascinated with my brother. I heard people say you didn't want to give up your lifestyle. What lifestyle is that? I don't know. Women, wine, and song. Is that what you think I am? I don't really know who you are. I hope you'll come tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? The Christmas Eve ball. What's going on? Complete makeover. What are you waiting for? Why are they staring? Because you look perfect. Oh, this is a lonely place for a king without a queen. folks, a Netflix original version of a cozy cardigan Christmas movie. It's Emily, and we're with another stocking stuffer for you, as you heard. Guys, it's a new network. It's Netflix. How exciting is it that they've jumped into the pool of uh, career-driven woman who falls in love with somebody that can take care of her forever and much Antics ensue. Uh, I was really excited when I saw that Netflix was also doing this because I figured, hey, what are they going to do different? They're not contractually obligated to, to deal with commercials. They don't have to time it in commercial breaks. They, they can go over 90 minutes if they so desire. Um, yeah, the movie I think is exactly 90 minutes and would be pretty easy to edit in such a way where you could have commercial breaks. It is 2017's A Christmas Prince. Now I say specifically a uh, and not the because this is another um, movie set in these wonderful worlds where uh, there is a tiny European scenic country that has a monarchy that um, is open to a peasant marrying royalty. Spoiler alert in case you didn't think it went there. It does! Uh, now, before we jump into all of the uh, tenets of A Cozy Cardigan Christmas, and if this movie fits it, spoiler alert, it totally does, and then some. Um, first, I want to give you a plot. Before that, I want to talk about this direct. A Christmas Prince is directed by one Alex Zam. Now, the name might not sound familiar, but let me tell you about this guy's resume. Now, first off, I respect, hey, if you can get a job directing films, that's great, right? Um, millions of people dream of doing that and don't get that chance. Um, that being said, Alex Zam probably has the resume of a USC film student's nightmare success story. 
like if Mephistopheles came down upon you and said, I will give you the uh, future where you can direct movies and you can direct movies forever. The catch, they have to be terrible. Uh, let me tell you about Alex Zam's filmography. In 1998, he made a little film called Chairman of the Board, otherwise known as the Carrot Top big screen movie. Uh, he also, on his credits, the rest of it is pretty much random sequels to movies, such as a Dr. Doolittle, like, third film somewhere that came on video. Beverly Hills Chihuahua, part two. Uh, Inspector Gadget, part two. And Jingle All the Way, part two. Uh, also on his resume is several Christmas Hallmark Lifetime movies that involve royalty, including A Christmas Crown and A Royal Christmas, both of which, if memory serves, I think I've seen one of them, and the other one I think is probably the same movie, um, are similar stories of a like young diner waitress who ends up becoming queen. Now, um, I think it's, I'm fascinated by this man's career, and now I kind of want to know everything I can about him. My theory was that he uh, lives in the castle of where this movie was filmed, but they have him listed as American, so maybe not. Um, but just imagine, if you will, that you are a film director, and the highlight of your filmography, and again, I in a way, I don't mean to be mean, because it's, hey, man, he made Tooth Fairy 2. Not everybody can make Tooth Fairy 2, but this guy sure can. Uh, so A Christmas Prince is a simple story. Uh, it tells the tale of a young woman named Amber. Amber is a, she's like a junior, I guess, essentially kind of copy editor, I guess. She uh, wants to be a journalist and she works at a publication, but she's like on the low level of the totem pole where her job is basically to rewrite people that are getting paid more than hers articles uh so come christmas time as you heard from the trailer she is sent to the country of aldovia which might have been the same country used in once upon a christmas i'm not sure about that but it sounds about right uh in aldovia uh there the king has died and the son the prince is supposed to accept uh to become to be coronated i guess is the word but he seems to be kind of reluctant to do that so amber is sent to aldovia <laughs> to investigate uh very quickly she gets mistaken for the princess's american tutor why this girl needs an american tutor in the country of aldovia i don't really understand but she does so Amber goes along with it and kind of plays the undercover part of, you know, double agent. Now, guys, I don't mean to blow your mind, but somewhere along the way, Amber and Prince Richard kind of connect. I know, you don't see it coming. It's, it's crazy, right? I mean, she's a, she's a journalist. He's a prince. What do they have in common? I don't really know what they have in common. Oh, yes, I do. We'll get to that when we talk about dead parents. So um, they sort of fall in love. Meanwhile, the prince's evil cousin and his evil cousin's girlfriend have are trying to do what they can to get Richard out of the way because if Richard does not accept the throne then it would go to the next male heir in the bloodline which would be the cousin so um Amber uncovers something with her scoop reporting where she finds a birth certificate that says spoiler alert Richard was actually adopted and so he is not of royal blood uh, the she debates whether or not to use this in her article that millions of people can read and can make her a real journalist, or if now that she cares about these people, if that's too mean to do. 
she doesn't have to make that choice because, of course, Evil Cousin discovers the certificate, um, shows it to the 30 people in the country. Uh, it seems as though Richard is not going to be king. But then uh, Amber also discovers um, through some riddles left by the dead king uh, that he had um, written out a royal decree naming Prince Richard his legal heir or something, or changing the law. I didn't really understand how this country works. It's not real anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, point being, King Richard, Prince Richard is now the rightful king. Uh, he becomes king. Amber goes back to New York. Um, she's there and looking sad, because now she's a diner waitress, but she's been blogging about Aldovia, and 20,000 people have been reading her blog. Uh, and what do you know, Prince Richard shows up to propose to her and make her his queen. That is a Christmas prince. Now, before we talk about the good and the bad and whether it's worth a watch, let's uh, delve into what we really came here for, which is if it fits the 10 tenants of A Cozy Cardigan Christmas plus the bonus round. So, number one, do we have a lead in need of a lesson? Well, our lead in this case is Amber. Uh, she is plays by played by Rose McIver, I think is how you say her name. Um, I guess most people know her from iZombie. However... Um, people like me know her more from the Lifetime adaptation of V.C. Andrews' Petals on the Wind. Guys, I don't want to make too big a deal of this, but you have no idea how excited I am that so far two of the four movies I've covered have included actors that have been in the V.C. Andrews movies. If you remember, Help for the Holidays had the kid from If There Be Thorns. So I'm really hoping we somehow end up with like a very V.C. Andrews uh, stocking stuffer season right here. Now, um, Rose McIver is uh, kind of falls between the innocent teaching a lesson and the lead in need of a lesson because she is career driven and kind of has to make decisions about whether career is more important than her heart. Um, of course, her heart wins because it's, I can't say Hallmark, it's Netflix's riff on Hallmark. Uh, she's, and she's fine. Um, She's she's cute, I guess, and not terrible. So that's a plus for this kind of movie. Uh, number two is our setting. And this made me very excited because we have a twofer. We have both New York City and Aldovia. So let me talk about New York City first. Um, the movie opens, like much like the last film did, with every establishing tourist shot of New York in winter. So we have the New York Public Library lions with bows on them. We have a shot of Central Park. We have a shot of the Rockefeller Center tree and ice skating and the Statue of Liberty with snow falling down on it. Everything you need. And then we're straight to interiors. The the New Yorkness of this movie is adorable, as you can guess. Um, especially, and you kind of heard it in the trailer for the movie, uh, Amber's editor is like supposed to be this like badass bitch editor. And she's supposed to, I guess, be very New York. But she kind of talks like, this is a New York accent. And at first I thought she was a Romanian actress doing a New York accent. Um, she's actually a British actress doing a New York accent. So, you know what? People like to say, oh, British people are so good at doing American accents. And American people are never as good at doing British accents. Well, fuck you. This movie proves you wrong. Right there. Um, moving on to Aldovia, which, again, I love these fake European countries so much. Um, it... Uh, let's see, how to describe it. Everybody has a British accent. Um, aside from the, like, 
real actors in the movie. All the other other British people, like the extras or the people who have kind of a line here and there, sound as though they're community theater actors doing A Christmas Carol. Um, but apparently this movie was filmed in Romania. There is a castle in Romania that has served as a setting for seemingly all of these Hallmark holiday royal set films so and i think two of which were made by alex Zan. so he must just know the ins and outs of this palace they're like oh we have to make another royal one let's give it to that alex guy uh the it's a magical country where um nobody is ever let's see where there's always snow on the ground um but you can be outside in a light jacket and a hat is optional now, moving on to our bland love interest. And in this case, we get, like, super bland love interest. And it's the poor little rich boy, uh, King Prince Richard, who, uh, I mean, he's not terrible. We've had worse in these movies. But at the same time, he's really pretty bland. Um, if you were worried that because he's a prince, we might not get the manual labor aspect to it, um, he rides a horse and he does save Amber from a wolf. So I think that makes up for it in the end. He also talks about, like, he learned to hunt and horse ride from his father. So I think, I think you know, again, he's not, like, bringing her a Christmas tree or doing a lot of the other wooing rituals that are kind of the rule of these films, but it's there. And in fairness to him, the whole, um, you know, him proposing to her and making her his queen... Uh, it, which is kind of weird because they've know they know each other for about a week in this movie. I will give the movie credit because um, she points that out and she says, "I don't know about this. We don't really know each other that well." And besides, I have a career in New York and my family and my friends are here. And what are we gonna do? And his answer is basically, "I'm the king of Aldovia. We can travel back and forth and move you here and there." So apparently, Aldovia is this super wealthy country. Uh, that has no real conflict other than um, a little bit of royal family issues. But aside from that, wealthy, scenic, I kind of want to move there. Moving on to number four, the montage. I am kind of irate because this movie not only doesn't have a montage, even though it sets up a lot of things where we should, um, it blatantly sets up one and then robs us of it. Uh, there is a moment where there's the royal ball, as you heard, and little Amber is wear like trying to find out what to wear, and she's got like you know a kind of plain work dress, and she puts it on, and the little girl who we'll get to is kind of looks at her, and she's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Uh, bring in the team, and a hairdresser, a makeup person, and a wardrobe person come in with a whole like clothesline of clothes and shoes, and you're like, oh my god, we're gonna get a makeover montage, and then cut to the ball. They didn't film it. It's not like they had a time limit. It, they don't have to deal with the two-hour commercial block. So, Fuck this movie for not giving me that montage. A makeover montage, no less. Number five, dead parents. Yeah! Yeah, guys! We got two of them! So, we know that the king had died recently, so we have a dead dad. And guess what? Amber's mom died, too. She had cancer, and she died. So immediately, they have something to bond over. And as much as he's a prince, and she's a cup reporter, um, they both have dead parents, hence love. Number six, the sassy sidekick. Yes! Again, we have two of them. 
two. Uh, I like the idea that Netflix decided very specifically when they were making this, they wanted to follow all the rules of Hallmark, but like double everything. Uh, so everything, there's, there's two of everything. So in this case, we have um, Amber's friends back home in New York, who I guess are her fellow uh, copy editors. One of them, and guess what? One's a female and she's black and one's a guy and he's gay. So bam, see, see what I mean? They got all of it. Number seven, the evil woman. We get a doozy in this one. Um, Sophia, who is the ex-girlfriend of Richard and who is kind of like, I don't know what you'd call this part. Like, I guess is like a royal hanger-on where clearly she's always been gunning to be queen. Um, so she, at, at first she's trying to re-seduce Richard, but then she realizes she has a shot with the making the cousin king. So she ends up marrying the cousin once uh, she thinks she's going to be queen, and now she has to deal with divorce. So, or annulment, I would assume. But I don't know. Aldovia might have crazy rules where there is no divorce. Who knows? So again, she is British. She is... Um, pretty like icy so good evil woman and if you want to add the editor from the beginning who comes out back later to say that amber's article is too schmaltzy we got two yeah netflix yeah number eight slapstick again double the fun Amber is clumsy, guys. Amber is clumsy in the Bella Swan school of clumsiness, where she just, you know, like knocks over a 15th century vase and accidentally shoots an arrow into a royal painting. Uh, The thing that annoyed me about her, oh, she falls off a horse also. Uh, No concussion as far as I know. But, ooh, although maybe she did and maybe the rest of the movie was actually a dream. That's a whole new theory. We'll get to that later. So Amber's clumsy, and during the montage, not the, or no, I'm sorry, during the non-montage, during her makeover, when she emerges dressed like a princess, you're thinking like there's this great scene where she enters and she's descending down a giant red velvet staircase. And you're totally like, oh, she's going to fall all the way down those stairs and it's going to be kind of awesome. She doesn't. I was a little annoyed. They kind of make up for it by showing that she's wearing Converse under her fancy dress, and that's why she didn't trip. That being said, um, this is my, I don't, genuine question for people that wear Converse. I used to wear them. I used to love them. That used to be, like, you know, kind of my signature look. But here's what I found, is that I trip in them a lot, and they're not very comfortable. And I know you guys are saying, Emily, you trip all the time, and I do. But more so in Converse, and I think I figured out why, it's because they don't have half sizes. So me being a size six and a half, I either wear floppy size sevens or too tight size sixes, and it's never the right fit. So I guess Little Amber is a perfectly even size, and Converse work great for her. Good for you, Queen Amber. Moving on, Sage Old Person. We get two, and they are both very exciting. First is Amber's dad, Rudy who she calls Pop, and he's a diner owner. He's a good old, exactly like, you know, the, the perfect dad for these kinds of movies. And he, on at least two occasions, um, she goes to him for wisdom, and he gives it to her, and it's very, like, follow-your-heart-esque wisdom. So there's that. Um, more importantly, and the thing that really ultimately elevates this film and I know I said that it's because there's, you know, two of everything I look for in these movies, but If, let's say you're not me, and you don't watch these movies purely to check off boxes on your lists, as I do, um, you should be very pleased to know Alice Krieg 
is fucking awesome as always. She plays the queen because of course she does. Since if you're casting a queen of something, uh, you have a short list and Alice Krieg should be on there because she is classy and regal and perfect. And she looks amazing in this movie and you buy her as a queen she is classy she is also um good natured and as much as she is very you know prim and royal she clearly loves her kids and is more very warm and had a very warm relationship with her husband so it's actually very sweet and she also kind of here and there has some good moments of doling out royal wisdom that are useful so again trifecta not trifecta Dufecta on the sage old person. However, we do not have Santa Claus. I am sorry to say, no sign of him whatsoever. But you know, it's a whole different country and culture. Maybe they don't believe in Santa Claus. Maybe Christmas is a whole different thing. We don't really know. They don't establish anything. But I'm just going to say that in the country of Aldovia, uh, Santa Claus is very taboo. Now, that gives us technically 8 out of 10, but you can double like half of these things, so we're up to like 35 out of 10. The bonuses, let's get to them. Public domain holiday song, every single one of them. And something uh, that I found very interesting in doing a couple of these films in a row is that you really start to learn which Christmas songs are public domain. And I can tell you, based on the fact that I think every one of the movies I've watched so far this year had them playing in some version, and those were Jingle Bells, Oh Christmas Tree, Silent Night, Deck the Halls, and, of course, The Nutcracker Suite. All there. Next is, again, no product placement since Netflix. We don't know who their sponsors are. It's a mystery. But The Cloying Child. Now, at first, I thought we had one. Uh, We do have a kid in the movie, and she's presented as kind of a brat, However, she was kind of okay. Again, another movie where the kid was not the worst part. was somewhat enjoyable. Uh, I'm not just saying this because her name was Emily, although maybe that endeared me to her a little bit. She is Richard's younger sister, and she has uh, spina bifida, so she is confined to a wheelchair. And there's like a little bit of um, bonding with Amber because Amber treats her normally, and, you know, little Emily never get feels as though you know she's worthy and now she has a friend and so on and so on um point being the kid was fine and i will say it was actually really good casting because this actress named something weird honor nifsi honor nifsi i don't know what that means i'm gonna pretend it's an aldovian name she actually looks a lot like alice creek she has similar complexion and that sort of like strawberry blonde hair and has Alice Krieg has those amazing cheekbones, and this little girl kind of has a similar facial profile. So, good casting, Alex Zam of Jingle All the Way Part 2. Our next bonus is ice skating. We, again, unless you count the opening New York City montage of ice skating, which you can, I don't see why you can't, uh, we don't get any more. Could be a taboo in Aldovia. I don't know if they've ever sent a figure skater to the Olympics. I'd have to look it up. But we do get some of the other token uh, winter activities in the movie, including tobogganing. More importantly, like 35 snowball fights. Okay, maybe three, but all of them are prolonged and are really important to the plot. So, there. Canadianisms, we do not have. Instead, we have Romanianisms, again. um, Things just aren't quite what you expect when you're supposed to be in New York City, for example. But that's fine. Uh, and the last thing is a character with a Christmassy name. 
I'd say that Rudy, Rudolph, hey, hey, I think that's close enough. So that was A Christmas Prince. Now, on the topic of whether I recommend it, truth is, this one's not bad. Uh, not groundbreaking in any way. Um, denies us a makeover montage. So again, minus 35 points for that. That aside, um, everybody's pretty likable. Nothing too cloying. Again, the, the kid's pretty good, so that helps. Alice Krieg just... I, I find her just mesmerizing, so I'm excited when she's on screen. Uh, the romance is rushed and doesn't have any uh, real passion whatsoever, but at least the prince seems to respect her. And um, I'm going to give this movie the, so far, I think this one has the winning line thus far of the ones I've watched. When the prince proposes to Amber in the streets of New York and he gets down on his knee and he opens up a box with a gigantic sapphire diamond ring, she's kind of going through all of these reasons of, I don't know, we don't know each other, I'm trying to have a career and you live in a made-up country and I don't know where that actually is. Uh, She then kind of also says, but you know, I do care about you and he says to her, um, I wish I wrote it down specifically, but I believe it it went along the lines of how long are you going to keep a king on his knees? <sighs> now that's the way you end a movie, right? Right? I'm just going to leave that there for everybody. Uh, it's more pleasant than many of the other movies that you're going to watch if you're going to watch these ones. So, hey. And you know what? There's a Christmas ball and everybody's dressed up real pretty and there's sparkly outfits. For the people that like genuinely want something sweet and unoffensive for the holidays and you know maybe you're tired of the way the world is going right now and you want to pretend the United States was a made-up monarchy where the good people prevailed even though it's also um, a little bit of a uh, patriarchal society because the blood only runs through the men so there's all these problems don't think too hard about it and then it's an okay movie if you think too hard about it you're gonna have you know all those issues that exist in the world today but anyway it's on Netflix. It's streaming. Enjoy if you so desire. So I wow. printed the lyrics of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And would you I know the lyrics. Would you do us the honors of spitting Rudolph say, the Red-Nosed say, Reindeer? Um, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blissin, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Woo! Come on! Did I get the names right for the radio? Let's see.